And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, Coach Ranking Edition. We come to the final episode of our Power 5 conference-by-conference job rankings. And we didn't intend to do this when we started it. We got a great question from a, from a listener who wanted us to rank the ACC jobs and said, you know, use the criteria of over the next five years, what are the best jobs? And Ari and I thought it was a really interesting question. And we did the ACC and everybody's like, can you do the other leagues? So we're doing them. And we've done the Big Ten. We've done the SEC. Ari, today we've got the Big 12 and the Pac-12. We've got a twofer because, listen, I realize this is a football show, but a week from now, all we're going to be talking about is the NCAA tournament. And we are the perfect people to guide you through the NCAA tournament coming off Selection Sunday because we don't know anything either. Okay, because I was going to say, do I have to spend the next week reading about college basketball? Because right now, I'm not sure I could name 15 players. I want you to know as little as possible because okay, that makes well, you're it a more get interesting it. show. So I think yeah. it's a good segue into this one because I thought that these were the hardest two conferences to rank and which means people are going to get the angriest. And also yes. I could talk for the, the bottom seven of the big 12 for seven hours. So it's going to be kind of yeah. a battle for us to get through this in an hour. So I think we should well, get started. <laughs> the, 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 and, the, and the thing of it is, at least with me, like there's one there's one near the bottom of the big 12 that where it is ranked is a massive compliment to the guy who has the job, essentially. But it will tick off the fan base, even though all I'm doing is saying the person who has it now is awesome. But whatever. It, but you're right. The Big I know 12 exactly for who me, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The Big 12 for me was one and two were easy, and, and deciding which was one and which was two for me was easy. Yeah. And everybody else was tough. So I agree with you. Yeah. So let's let, start. Let's, yeah. Let's start at the top. Ari... Did you have Oklahoma or Texas number one? Texas, without thinking about it. Oh, I see. I had Oklahoma without thinking about it. Because we're talking about the next five years, the same issues. It, it, actually, let's go back to the SEC rankings where we had Texas A&M because we, we had some mad Texas A&M fans on, on Twitter this past week that said, how could you rank it below? the?" And then they list five schools that have played for the national title since 2008. And I'm like, well, that's how. So... My thing with Oklahoma and Texas, what is Texas's problem? Alignment. What does Oklahoma have better than anybody else? Alignment. Oklahoma, everyone there makes the football coach's job easier. That They understand that that's what they're there for. Texas, they don't get that. And that's why, despite all of the resources they have at Texas, I put them number two. Despite everything that's gone wrong at, wrong at Texas... They're still a more physically talented team than Oklahoma. And if you look right now at the recruiting class that Sark is putting together in 2022, 
like less than three months on the job, he's already got what one, two, three, four, five top 100 players committed. Like Texas has the ability to be a recruiting juggernaut in Texas in theory could one day be Alabama with the right person in charge. Like Texas has higher potential to be the best thing in college football than Oklahoma does because Oklahoma, Oklahoma keeps doing it and still, yeah, no, Oklahoma, trust me, Oklahoma is a better football program right now, but if we're ranking jobs, I think the next five years, Oklahoma will be the next, will be the best one for the next five years too. I think that the second it clicks at Texas, Oklahoma is in second place. Okay. I think the second that well, it goes that I, I think five years a, from now, a century it could be a on, we're still waiting for Texas to click. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I know. I get it. But <laughs> Texas is the state school um, and the school that's expected to get the best players in the state of Texas. And that is a unique situation. And I understand it's probably the most competitive state or one of the three most competitive states in college football to recruit. And I understand that for whatever reason, things just aren't working there. But the entire idea of being the head coach of one of these jobs is that it's your job to make things functional and make things right. So right now, Oklahoma is certainly way off ahead, excuse me, of of Texas based on the performance standpoint and the program stability standpoint. There's no doubt about that. And I understand that we're doing this for the next five years. But if Sark recruits classes like this one for four or five years in a row, it would be the craziest thing in the world if it continues. And I know the Texas, I know you're already flaring your eyes up at me. I know. Did, I know. Did Texas, did Texas not have highly ranked recruiting classes at any point over the last 10 years? Yeah, they've had pretty good recruiting classes for sure. Okay. They were the fifth most talented team in college football. And they had the number three class in 2019. I get it. I get it. I don't know what... The problem is there. And I think that the idea and of... And that's what the- why they're number two. If you can't figure out the problem, it's the same reason why I have Texas A&M below those other five schools in the SEC. Because if you just rank all the stuff that we usually rank this on, proximity to recruits, resources, money, everything else, they have everything. Texas is the same situation, except maybe even better. And they can't put it together. And you can't put your finger on why. Yet Oklahoma, all they do is continue to succeed. There's something to be said for that. How big of a gap do you think there is between Texas and Oklahoma right now? Honestly. Not, not well, here's the thing. On the when field. you see them on the field, it's not that big. But the problem is, there is a gap. There is a gap in, in program quality because the difference between Texas and Oklahoma is... Texas plays up and plays Oklahoma close and then loses to TCU all the time or loses to, to teams they're not supposed to lose to. When Oklahoma gets beat, it's because it's a well-coached team playing really well. Like, they lost to Iowa State last year. They lost to K-State the past two years. Okay, those are well-coached teams that played crazy good games against Oklahoma. I, I think that you could make the argument that Oklahoma is... You know, a full step better, but the gap between the two on the field isn't as wide as the country thinks. And I think no, Oklahoma— No, it's it, the gap is in the coaching and in terms of program in the alignment. I'm telling you, being the coach at Oklahoma is easier than being the coach at Texas because Joe Castiglione, the AD, 
And the, they've got a new president now, but they had David Boren for basically the entirety of the time that Bob Stoops was there. They're going to work to make your job easier. I don't think you could say the same thing for the administration in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, you know, and I, you have a good point. My only thing with this is, A, I would rather be the state school in Texas, and B, I would rather be at that at that program uh, from a resources standpoint, not that Oklahoma doesn't have it, and B, or C, when this thing takes off, if and when it takes off, it is, the, the, the potential here is un, untapped, it's dysfunctional, and still, it's not that big of a difference between Oklahoma. Like it's like buying. Do you want to buy um, a stock that's going to uh, increase seven percent a year, no matter what, uh, because that's the stock that you know is going to incrementally increase, or do you want to get one that has boom or bust mentality, but is a solid company? Like that's the difference here. It's almost like the type of investor that you are, and it's like I like. 7% with compound interest over the course of decades, that's going to get you there every time. But I also like the idea of a place that has every single possible college football resource that is on the cusp uh, of going through the roof. And as it underperforms is really not all that different than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's what lost two or three or four more. I mean, Texas has lost two or three or four more games total than Oklahoma in the past four years or something like that. And Oklahoma has made it to the playoff and you've seen all but one game become. I think Texas and Oklahoma are very similar. And if I wanted to start for the next five years right now, um, I, I again, Oklahoma's got so many quarterbacks, you can't even keep track of them. But like Texas to me is at least even five or 10 years ago, one of the best jobs in college football. I mean, like Texas is huge. I don't know why it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know why it hasn't. And but that's the, reason the why problem. You don't know but why it doesn't work. The reason why it, I'm going with it doesn't work is because the coaches were wrong and those coaches were fired. Like anybody, like how many, how long would it take for Nick Saban to win a national championship in Texas? Longer than it did at Alabama. Do you think it would take three years if he started right now? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it, look, Alabama's aligned. Alabama, everybody's pulling in the same direction. When Texas does that, it'll be the first time. Like it's just, it's it's like I believe it was DeLoss Dodds who talked about putting the BBs back in the box. Like for whatever reason, they can't. But how and much of that is the coach's responsibility? Do you think? Some, but not all. Like percentage wise, fifty. So you think that like administration and boosters and oh, all the other ab- stuff that comes along I with it? I think all of that matters. Fifty percent of the reason. 50% yeah. of the reason they're not winning? Yes. Might even be more than 50. Yeah. I, I think that the percentage might be 75-25 coaching. Like, even, even a replacement-level coach should be able to win nine games a year at Texas. Because I think that you could make the argument, too, Andy, that Oklahoma's peaked. Like, this is it. Like, I don't know. Until Oklahoma starts signing classes like Texas... I don't think that they'll ever be able to beat Alabama and win a national championship. Like Texas is more equipped and, you know, based on yeah, our no, discussion uh, Oklahoma, last week. We, we've discussed this a million times. Oklahoma is elite defensive linemen away from being able to actually compete for a national title. And they don't have that. And the teams that, that compete for national titles do. I think that you could say that Texas has a better roster to compete for a national title. And the only thing that Oklahoma has done is had, and it's not a small thing, it's a big thing, but they've had superior quarterback play. But from top to bottom roster wise, Oklahoma and Texas are built 
very similarly. And like, I think you could make the argument that Texas is closer to winning a national title than Oklahoma is. I would not make that argument. I would like to see Texas win the big 12 for the first time since 2009 (laughs) before I I even come close to making that argument. You know who else has won the big 12 since 2009? Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma state. Yeah. Not Texas. It's a pretty crazy. And I think we're going to get into this more as we go down, Andy, but like, it's like, and even from a gambling standpoint, it's such a hard conference to peg from Saturday to Saturday or big picture wise. Oh, and it's, it's like, uh, so, yeah. And as we're doing the series from conference to conference, we come across teams where it's like, I don't know why it doesn't work. Like Texas A&M was the one last week. And See, it's just like, now, maybe it's I something think, in the state of Texas. I, think, I don't know. I think you're, you discount. I don't know why it doesn't work. And I consider, I don't know why it doesn't work to be a major impediment. I consider the coach's job to figure that out. And I think great coaches and, you know, Sark had his ups and downs in the past, but great coaches are the ones who solve those problems and win national championships in Texas for the past since Mac Brown hasn't had a great coach. Right. And I and still, even with all the dysfunction and all the coaching turnover and everything that's gone wrong there from an administration standpoint, They've still been pretty comparable to one of the best programs in college football, which is Oklahoma. Like, imagine the second that the light light bulb goes on, and like maybe well, it won't. Maybe it'll go another hundred years. We're, in the we're light waiting. Bulb come on. <laughs> I but, mean, the, th- the thing the thing you've got to remember is, as good as Mac Brown was there, Oklahoma was still better that entire time. They both won one national title, but Oklahoma won a hell of a lot more Big Twelve titles. Yeah, Oklahoma has always been more successful, and I think that's very interesting. I do. And that's but why like, in I terms have of like number what, one. Like what job would I want to take right now? And like proximity to talent is always going to be my thing. And yes, Norman is like what? 90 minutes away from Dallas. Like I get that they're yeah, it's more like two and a half, but you get the yeah, Arbuckle Mountain know. Pie Company where you can get the hand pies. I well, mean, there's also like three casinos. Just on the, the drive. Way the, the, I, casinos. <laughs> I'm recruiting linemen, Ari. I'm, I'm working with pies here. You ever been All to right. a casino pavé, pal? <laughs> They don't have the hand pies. They don't have apricot yeah. hand pies. I guarantee yeah. you that. Okay, uh-huh. so we, we got to get to the, the rest of the Big Twelve because fifteen minutes in, we're at two. <laughs> very hard, very very hard after these two because I, I didn't. I mean, we knew Kansas was ten, and we'll talk about Kansas and what's going on there right now later. But between three and nine, it was rough. I. Can my three just be, I don't know. It has, well, you have to have somebody there. And I, so I put somebody there and and I went, I fell back on our, our old reliable proximity to talent okay, and went with TCU. Okay. Mine was Oklahoma state. Okay. And mine is just because their facilities are outrageous. Um, You could make an argument that Oklahoma state though, kind of in the middle of nowhere of Oklahoma is also, got very good advantageous geography and it doesn't have the word Texas in its uh, team name. But of course the thing with this, this whole conference man is that they all recruit the same area. Yeah. You know, I think Mike Gundy's done a very others. good job. I mean, Mike Gundy has done better than anybody else historically at Oklahoma state. That that's the thing that I, I ranked them down. It's not, like if I if you said who are the best programs right now in the league, it would go Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and maybe not even in that order. But in terms of what's the best job, if you're if you if you could get the TCU job or the Oklahoma State job, 
Which would you take if they're paying the same? Probably Oklahoma State. Okay. I, that's, I, I mean, would that's why TCU I ranked them just, higher. Just, just to be in DFW. I, you TCU know, I is just, my four, if that makes you feel okay. better. Yeah, I, I had Baylor yeah. four. An, a, a, another proximity thing. I had Oklahoma State five, but I honestly consider all three of them pretty okay. similar jobs. Baylor's my five, and the reason why Baylor was my five was just because it's right in the middle of Texas. It's yeah. like right in the middle. It's kind of, and it's a pretty big town. So like Waco's well, pretty large and, and place. Waco, Waco's barbecue scene has just exploded in the last few years. You got recruit yeah, linemen. That, that's that's very important. Very very important. And you know, if you if you want to renovate your house, you got Chip and Joe right there. That's that's pretty important too. But yeah, but no, I kind I kind of look at those three in a similar vein in that they are recruiting very much the same players. TCU and Baylor are closer to those players, but Oklahoma State probably a little more historically successful at least or recently successful. Yeah. Honestly, aside like we could just switch lists and I would be fine with your list. Well, but my thing, yeah, my thing with Oklahoma state is if you take Mike Gundy out of it and put a replacement level coach in there, I don't know that they are better than TCU and Baylor. They got T Boone money. They do. TCU and Baylor got money too. I mean, they both just yeah. rebuilt stadiums and a and a massive economic downturn. And uh, there's money. There's money to yeah. be had if you're a school in Texas. There's money to be had. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly could slide Oklahoma State to six on my list and not. I mean, well, I just okay. thought it was so difficult. So six six is where it gets even weirder for me. Okay, who'd you? I have? had West Virginia sixth. Okay. West Virginia is a little bit lower on my list. I I pushed up Iowa State, um, and I guess I'm going to be kind of a hypocrite right now. Um, I don't know if this is because they've got one of the best head coaches and one of the best recruiting staffs in the entire country to bump them up higher. Um, I have a feeling they're going to be lower on your list, but then they're, them being lower on your list is a compliment to how great they've been. 100%. Let me just start by saying that I've been absolutely blown away by what that program has been able to accomplish from a talent evaluation standpoint, but also an on-the-field accomplishment standpoint. Because sometimes it's, you have one and the other, they've got both. And Yeah, you're just, to, but you're making the case for that not being a great job, but that's just a bunch of great people in their yes, jobs right now. And what I was trying to get at is, is that maybe the great people at the place right now are making me f- um, rank them higher than it is. Well, it, and, okay, let's, let's say they... Let's say, We'll flip it. Let's say they coach at Texas Tech instead of they coach at Iowa State. I think they would accomplish the same things at Texas Tech as they would at Iowa State. Yeah, and, and Texas Tech and maybe is maybe easier. Texas Tech is my seven, and Lubbock is, is out in the middle of nowhere, but it's also got like a ton of people there, and it's kind of, it's a city, right? So like, well, and, and and there's Amarillo, and you can still drive there from Dallas. I mean, it's it's a long way from Houston and Austin and San Antonio, but. The populated parts of North Texas, it's not as bad to get to. But West Virginia, for me, I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because it's it's a weird spot. You're not recruiting from the same pool of players as the rest of the league. You're recruiting from you're basically fighting the bottom of the ACC for players. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but 
I think if you do it right, you can get some guys from Florida, you can get guys from Pennsylvania, you can get guys from from up and down the eastern seaboard. I mean, they they did well with with guys from Delaware uh, when they had uh, Sills and they got the transfer from Kenny Bigelow after he was at USC for a little while. But I mean, they've they've got pretty rich recruiting grounds around them, even though they're never going to be number one on anybody's list. So I um, really want to go into West Virginia and um, I will, their number, my number eight, but first I wanted to make a point about Iowa State that I didn't make just so people have an understanding of why I put it there. Um, Iowa State, if you go look at their 2021 class, got kids out of Ohio Colorado, Missouri, Texas, Iowa, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois. And like the fact that there are some Ohio ties with the head coach uh, might have something to do with it. But Iowa State, despite not having the geography, I think you could say has recruited the best nationally as, you know, not. And I I would say if Matt Campbell's not there, none of those people are playing for them. But I also, too, wonder sometimes, and this happens when uh, successful coaches leave. if blueprints for success can be followed, the hardest thing for me uh, is yeah, can at least for Wisconsin? a coach. A coach has one job or two different jobs, right? One is coaching and one is recruiting. And a lot of coaches aren't bo- good at both or aren't great at both, which is why there aren't a lot of Nick Sabans hanging around. But if there's somebody who comes before you who can define a strategy and a philosophy that works and outlines it for you and proves that it works – then half the job is already done when you take over because you already have that plan in place. Here's my thing. I don't, I don't think Iowa state's that time. This is, there's no formula for what Matt Campbell's doing. He's not formulaic. He takes what he's got and, and creates a best spoke scheme offensively to take advantage of that. And then what Haycock's done on defense is nothing short of brilliant because every team in America has stolen something from them. Yeah. It's like possible that like, Iowa State is just number eight, and they are incredible. I I don't know, uh, you know, if that's something that it's just being able to evaluate talent and then develop that well, talent. Because what are they? They're, I, they're, they're I, like, I think there's a blueprint program in the league. It's just not Iowa State. Who's your blueprint program? Just say it. Come on, rub it in. Kansas, Kansas State. Okay, but first let's do West Virginia because I didn't I didn't okay. get to West Virginia. West right, Virginia yeah, is so low on my list because I think it's the most out of place team in any conference in college football. No, no question. No question. Like it doesn't make any sense to me how from a geographic standpoint they can't recruit the same state that everybody else recruits or at least they might attempt to. You can't drive to a single away game if you're a family member. Um so you can't see your kids play. Um, all the states that you mentioned that West Virginia is uh, attempting to recruit, they aren't the number one dog in any of those states. Um, West Virginia has no talent in, in high school football for the most part. Right. It tries to recruit Ohio, but what are they, fifth or sixth in Ohio when it comes to the yeah, talent I mean, there? They, Ohio it's is like, not the they, – they've got they've to be able to pipeline into Florida, which they, they've done successfully at times. Uh, they need to be able to – eastern seaboard – they need to be able to recruit DM, the DMV area pretty well. They need to be able to recruit Pennsylvania well. I mean, clearly, they're, they're an hour from Pittsburgh. So Western PA, they need to be able to recruit. I would say you got to be able to try to get some guys out of Jersey. And that that's how you succeed. I mean, but think about problem, that recruiting plan, problem, though. That is yeah, insane. The, the, and the problem with it is you're going in there and saying, yeah, you guys excited about playing Oklahoma State and, and Texas and Texas Tech? 
And these kids who grew up watching Penn State and, uh, you know, Virginia Tech and Clemson and Florida, and they were like, huh? Who? Where? I think you can make the case that West Virginia has the most hurdles from a geographical standpoint. Well, we'll get to the Pac-12 here in a minute. But, but I, like, I, I will say that the, the, the odd geography could be a sort of advantage if it's used properly. Because you I don't can think be odd geography is ever an advantage. I think you ever. can be different than the rest of the league. Because so, like what you just outlined for them to do is really, really hard. Well, they can dip into Jersey and dip into Florida and dip in. I mean, that's like a they really can, hard or plan. Or they can fight over the same Texas kids that Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, and Baylor and Oklahoma State don't want. Which is also that's what a bad all these plan. other ones are doing. They don't that's have a good plan. That's what all the other ones are doing. But, that's, but they have a bad plan because they don't have a good plan, which is why they're number eight on my list. Okay. Well, I so I had West Virginia six, Texas Tech seven. Yep. I had K-State eight because I do think there's a blueprint there. And I think they messed up the first time Bill Snyder retired. Ron Prince did not want to follow the blueprint. It didn't work. So they brought Bill Snyder back. I think Chris Kleiman is following the blueprint. And I think he can he can make that program. They're not going to. They're probably never going to be consistently great, but they're going to be solid. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be the team that everybody hates to play every single time. And what's the blueprint? The blueprint is is judiciously recruit out of the JCs, but not overdo it. You saw Charlie Weiss overdo it at Kansas and what that can cause. And then evaluate, great, develop, play seniors, play juniors and seniors. You know, you're getting guys, you, you have to have a great evaluating staff, but you're getting guys who are probably not dealing with a lot of other power five offers or any other power five offers. And so therefore are going to be willing to work and develop for two or three years. Yeah, they just got um, a pretty talented quarterback named Jake Rubley. I wrote about him um, and he was a top 150 player. I don't know if he's been re-ranked since, but you know, if you get a right, the right quarterback and then you kind of mesh that together, I think it's possible yeah. Um, to do well, something. And it's just like, Colin, you know what, Andy? Colin Klein is a great example of that. Right. I, I think that the thing that I would take away from the Big 12, and maybe more so than any other conf- conference, they seem outside of West Virginia to be the most stacked on top of each other from a location standpoint. But I feel like all these places with the right coach and the right plan and the right execution of that plan can win big. And I think that's why we've seen Baylor contend for a right. national championship. Right. That's why we've seen okay. TCU. Oklahoma State's been good. I All haven't mentioned Iowa State. I haven't mentioned Iowa State, and they played for the league title last year. Yeah. Did you put them at nine? I had them at nine. I think it's a very hard job. I think what Matt Campbell has done there is extraordinary. I think he is he has done an incredible job there because I was look. I mean, just just look at it on a map. Okay, you're you're really in Big Ten country. It's it's you're asking the kids from Texas to go as far in the Big 12 as they can go, except for West Virginia and West Virginia is probably not recruiting them. It's it's a big ask. You have to be able to find players. You have to be able to trust your evaluation. And I think that's what they've done so great at is they are just brilliant evaluators. Uh, the the way they got Brock Purdy is, is a prime example of that. You know, just just understanding that. They had some connections in Phoenix. Uh, one of their recruiting staffers was a, was a Phoenix guy and was like, hey, this this dude who's smashed every record in Phoenix has one offer, and it's from Boise State. Y'all, y'all might want to jump in on him. And 
then Matt Campbell takes it the rest of the way because Brock Purdy could have gone to Texas A&M. He actually could have gone to Alabama. He could have gone to UCF. But it was Matt Campbell that, that closed that deal. That's why they have Brock Purdy. And, you know, you talked about the places they're getting players from. That's because people want to play for Matt Campbell. You talk to him for five minutes and you want to play for him. Yeah, the thing about Ames is that, A, it's, it's, what, 30 miles away from a major city, the biggest city maybe in Iowa. It is close to Des Moines. Yeah, and and, and the thing is, like, people back, Des Moines is a really nice town. So... That part of it, I don't look at Ames as being super remote. I don't think that's really the problem. But it is remote in terms of proximity to players. There's and, not a and, ton of players in Iowa, but it's close to Omaha. It's yeah. close to Des Moines. It's every bit as manageable to recruit out of Chicago as it is for Iowa. But you can but recruit. Are you, you going to go to Iowa or Iowa State? I don't know. The thing that I like about Iowa State, and the reason why it partially was a little bit higher on my list is because Iowa State can recruit Big 12 players and Big 10 players. It's close enough to Big 10 players where you can have access to the the location of it, but you can also sell all the kids in Texas and Oklahoma and all the other ones in between and playing in the conference. And it's like if you actually like take a step back and look at the potential um, in terms of access to players that Iowa State has from just a geographical strategy standpoint, I think you could say that Iowa State is the best off of all the teams outside of the ones that have Texas in their name in Oklahoma. I just, I, but the, like, the I mean, problem, they, it's, it's sort of like the West Virginia thing, but where do they fall on the list of those, those schools? Because you've got Iowa there, you've got Nebraska there, you've got Minnesota there, you know, and look, Nebraska's down. Minnesota had one good year a couple of years ago, but Ferentz is putting dudes in the NFL on the regular. So, That's a tough thing to turn down. And the other problem is, if the kid's good enough, watch out for the Buckeyes. You know, they may be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, watch out. Watch out for the Badgers. Watch out for the Wolverines. They're coming in, too. So that's that's the other problem there. But no, I I understand where you're coming from. I just think I think it's I think you look historically, Iowa State has been a brutally tough place to win games. And yeah. Matt Campbell and his staff have done an extraordinary job. I, I think it's a hard job that they are doing incredibly well. And they might have just been the like have done such a good job that it makes me feel like it's more manageable. And you know, I can I can own up to that. Um, I also know that like the thing that they've done the best is that they've picked their spots perfectly. Like the Brock Purdy anecdote that you just gave. And I reread your story, Valley of the Quarterbacks, recently because I was writing something about quarterbacks and it's just like that is recruiting at its finest finding an in finding yep. an advantageous person to recruit and then attacking that and Iowa State isn't going up against Ohio State Michigan for players they're identifying players in those same regions that are being overlooked by the big teams that don't have room for those players getting those really good players and then turning them into studs and it's like but Iowa State it, I actually would want to look this up Andy um mm-hmm. a team that played for a conference championship and maybe Northwestern has done this a few times too, but the lowest ranked teams in the two four seven composite blue chip ratio rankings yeah. to play for a conference championship. I think I think Virginia, that Iowa State was in the sixty a couple of years ago. Uh, Duke in two thousand thirteen would probably be on that list. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just remarkable. I, I can't say it enough. That and that's my thing. If you if Matt, if that's not Matt Campbell trying to close that that player coming to your school. 
I'm not sure you get him. I think I think there's a lot to be said for that. And so we'll see. Now, my number 10 was your number 10, Kansas. And obviously that has been in the news. I I would suspect that Kansas is going to move on from less miles. You know, the, the stuff that came out of LSU is really gross. And let's be honest, he hasn't won enough for them to to even think about defending him on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a difficult situation, but you know, whatever was in that report, we all, we all read it. I mean, it was, it was a tough stuff to read and you know, you can't do that stuff. <laughs> There's no excuse for if it. If you're not allowed you to be around college students, you probably shouldn't work on a college campus like that. That's just all there is to it. So, yeah. And then if you're Kansas, I mean, you've got what you've got to figure out if you're Kansas is, do you want to, obviously you want to get rid of less miles. You probably want to try to fire him for cause if he can. Can you also fire Jeff Long for cause for not properly vetting less miles? Because I think that's the other thing you would want to do because uh, Jeff Long's $1.5 million a year and his contract automatically extends if any of their programs go on NCAA probation. Well, guess what? Their basketball team's pretty embroiled in that FBI yep. case. There's a good chance they could go on probation at some point in the next couple of years, at which point Jeff Long automatically extends. So do you want to pay that guy $1.5 million a year for the next four years, for the next five years? I don't think you do. So you try yeah. to figure that out and then you know, go try to hire somebody who might actually be able to win there, which is another story entirely. And like somebody in his position should have been able to find out those things. Well, you know, this, it, listen, this wasn't the, the hiring of Les Miles was a bad it was a bad hire all along. And this isn't revisionist history. You can go back and listen to all the radio shows I did. You can read what I wrote. I was not impressed with this hire at all. I thought this was Jeff Long going I'm going to hire someone the boosters have heard of, and maybe that will increase donations. It was an incredibly short-sighted way to hire a football coach. Yeah, and I think that it's not just Kansas. I think a lot of schools do this, where they just decide, hey, which is the most recognizable name out there? Yeah. Let's give him a shot to give people hope. They, they, they took the and guy who just got like, fired because he, he wasn't winning enough with LSU talent, and you're going to give him like the most not LSU talent and expect him to win? You don't hire an underachiever for that job. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And it's something when we get to the Pac-12, we'll, we'll talk about because schools in the Pac-12 have done the same thing. And it's just like to me, I would always err on on hiring somebody uh, who is on his way up, not on his way down. That's kind of bit That would be my philosophy if I, if I were an athletic director. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. 
Let's let's get to the uh, the Pac-12 because this is this is one where I had a hard time. Also, uh, no, I the number one job felt pretty easy for me, and then and it got a little more difficult. <laughs> Obviously, I <laughs> wouldn't want to live in Berkeley. Um, no, it, it, those down the line jobs are are, are kind of tough to deal with too. Last time, but you said that it was a no brainer at the number one spot. I just thought you were going to say Texas too, so you kind of blindsided me there a little bit. Are we sh- are we both at USC? We're, on this we're one, on, or are we? We're on the okay. same page here. Yeah, USC is <laughs> okay. the best job. I'm not sure Clay Helton has been maximizing because listen, the, you can make the, the same exact of the job, but it's the best job. You can make the uh, same exact no. arguments about Oregon and USC as you can about but Texas USC and Oklahoma. Has worked. USC has won the league recently. I mean, Clay won the league at USC. Like, yeah, it's not. This is not quite the situation at Texas where you can't put your finger on what's going they on. They haven't I mean, won the league at Texas because the team that was better than them on the field has won the league a few times. Well, it's, there's you know, a team that's them, better so than USC like, on the field now. And in fact, there may be, I would say there are three programs that over the last few years, either all the time or at times have been better than USC on the field. And, and we're going to get to those three next. So you know, I think that's the... That's the interesting USC thing. USC has the, tradition. It's won national championships. It's proximity, proximity to, to players. I mean, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. Right. You should win at USC. And it's not a case where it's like Texas where there's some sort of mysterious thing keeping you from it or Texas A&M. There's no mysterious thing. Develop your linemen. You've got incredible skill talent. They, they currently have incredible skill talent. If they're better on the line of scrimmage, USC would dominate the Pac-12. That's all that that's all it is right now. So yeah. that's and and guess what? Guess who has dominated the Pac-12 the last really since Chip Kelly left. In the post Chip Kelly era in the Pac-12, the team that has dominated the line of scrimmage has dominated the Pac-12. Whether that's Stanford, Washington, or Oregon, that's who wins. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And you know, I did a, a anonymous survey with some recruiting national national recruiting analysts that said that USC's 2021 class was maybe the most overrated in college football this year because it was a top 10 class that didn't have any linemen and it was kind of like here we go again you know what I mean and it's, it's like, just like it's like it's like clay just sort of playing to type which is so weird because he's the son of an offensive line coach like how how does this happen but Mario Cristobal has come in and gone oh Stanford dominated with great linemen, and then Washington became the best team in the league with great linemen. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to recruit great linemen. <laughs> and, is it and sure enough, it seems to be. The, <laughs> and well, the other the other piece of this is Utah, where and and we'll we'll get to the let's let's do this the is list. Hard. So okay. we had uh, we both had USC one. Who did you have two? Oregon. I did two. I feel like they've established a brand that that can essentially transcends. Yeah, yep. they, they, they've gotten Oregon has done something that every other team in similar circumstances wants to do. And I don't know what the answer is. Is the answer just they have Nike money and that's it. Phil Knight, that's it. It's over. Or did Oregon do something? Was it the offense to go along with the uniforms? Was Chip I, it, Kelly it was the, the offense, too? It was it was all of it happened at about the same time. I mean, I remember remember when they took the field at that Rose Bowl with the with the mirrored helmets it's just like yeah. oh my that's the coolest thing i've ever seen come yeah. on and they've they've had cool uniforms since the dennis dixon days like right. i mean those guys they i mean they've been I, I mean really really once 
once Kelly got there as the OC and Dennis and Dennis Dixon, I think, does not get enough credit because unfortunately hurt he got hurt and he really only had one season doing that and got hurt during that season. But Dennis Dixon in that offense was so cool and so exciting and he made it must see TV. And I think that, you know, Joey Harrington and all that set the table, but the Dennis Dixon, Chip Kelly, and then and then you move into to Masoli and, and then Mariota. And all of a sudden, it's just the coolest program. And that cool factor continues, even though they had a down year or two where yeah. they had to fire Mark Helfrich. But, you know, but they've Mar- risen and, above and Mar- the geography. Well, yeah. And Mario's reinvented them as a different kind of cool program. Now they're the kind of cool program that's going to whip your ass up front. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear a fun fact about me? Uh, my second year at the student newspaper, Arizona, I was on the field 25 yards away from Dixon when he blew his knee out. Oh. And it was just like awful. It was just terrible was, because he was, was such was a special talent. I was covering Florida that year. And I remember when, when he got hurt, you know, all, my editor called me. He's like, you, you know, Tebow's probably going to win the Heisman now. And I was like, yeah, I, I got it. But I, I hate that it's like this because that guy yeah. was so much fun to watch. I, just, I was sitting in my bedroom watching that game like, no, get no, get up, get come on. And it, yeah. was just, uh, it, it was awful. But but yes, Oregon has transcended geography they they just have and you know everybody wants to do that and you know notre dame you understand why as as you put it so eloquently every catholic school in america every catholic high school in america is a notre dame embassy oregon doesn't have that oregon has everybody thinks it's cool and for you know they've been able to make people continue to think it's cool and last week when we talked about cool schools like the cool schools, like at the opening and amongst the best recruits. I don't think Oregon is in that top five yet, but Oregon is right there on the cusp of it. And Oregon's 2021 class uh, was the best class in program history. I mean, I think they had 10 or 11, 12, 13. I don't know the exact number, but it was double digits, top 150 players in their class. And they're starting to recruit now like a national title contender. Now, there's still three, four, five steps behind programs like Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia with the amount of talent they've put. But for the Pac-12, this team should be reigning supreme. In the, and if we're like buying stock right now in any of the the, the schools, like USC is a better job, but Oregon is going to be better for the next five years than USC based on I do what's think happening if, right now. If USC had Mario Cristobal coaching it, they'd be That would be over. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be an absolute monster. So- I had Washington third. Me too. Because you're in, you're in a big city, a cool big city. Uh, there is some talent there. They don't always get it, but there is some talent there. And it's another brand where it's pretty cool, and they care a lot about football, which in that part of the country, that, go, that, that counts for something. When you bring a recruit on campus and they see how much it matters, there's not a lot of other campuses where it matters that much. Yeah, I've never been to Washington. That's the only one of two Pac-12 stadiums I've never been to. Uh, but I heard it's like one of the coolest stadiums in college it's football. Awesome. Just based. It's so um, awesome. And Seattle, all of a sudden, is turning out to be one of the best cities in America. You know, maybe a top 10 city in America. for ten. They had three top 10 national players in the city of Seattle last year. That's It, it is really amazing how that, that works. I mean... I guess Seattle has periods like that. You know, the early '90s, it was uh, it was Mother Love Bone to uh, to Nirvana to Pearl Jam, and then uh, 
And then now it's it's football players. So, but you're right. And and if Washington can take advantage of that, then they can continue to be at the top of the Pac-12. I think Jimmy. The problem Lake, is that they didn't. That's the problem. Uh, they, there was three top ten national players in the 2021 class. One was a quarterback, and he went to Washington, which you could argue yep. is the most important one. That's Heward. Uh, yeah. But the other Sam Heward, and the other two. Um, Ameka Ekbuka, who's enrolled at Ohio State, and then JT Tuimalau, who might be the best lineman, defensive lineman in, call, in high school football. He's the number two player behind only Corey Foreman, and he's like down to Alabama, Ohio State, and a few others. And you know, we're still waiting to hear what his decision is. But if he doesn't go to Washington, I don't anticipate that he will. You know, you're talking about the the nucleus of the future of your program in three players all in the city of Seattle, and getting only one just hurts. Because it's like, how yeah. many times is that going to happen again? You know, and I don't know if Jimmy Lake just hasn't been there long enough or if there's a disconnect between Washington and some of the high schools because some of the really good talent um, in Seattle is leaving. I mean, I know G. Scott Jr. went to Ohio State two years ago, and it's just like I wrote a well, story. about. It's also like, how hard when Ohio State and Alabama show up to say no. I mean, I've written about this, the, the number of, of draft picks they produce and the number of first rounders they produce. I mean, it almost doesn't matter where you are that once they show up, it's over. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a legitimate story, and I think, you know, maybe I'll do this, but is it possible that Ohio State and Alabama are ruining conferences? Like, is Alabama <laughs> taking all the players out of Texas that it wants, making Texas and Oklahoma settle for the second-tier players, and then all the rest of the conference for the third and fourth and fifth-tier players? You know, is that hurting the Big 12? Is Alabama taking all the players? Well, I think they signed six out of the top 15 players out of Florida last year. Is that right. hurting all oh, Florida Al- schools? Alabama's, Alabama's hurt Florida a lot. Like, I think Alabama's they, hurting hurt all three Florida, major Florida, State, Florida Miami a ton. Yes, schools, absolutely. and they've hurt the Texas and the Big 12, and Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and all the teams who are recruiting L.A. are directly hurting USC. And like all the, like the state of California and the state of Texas are similar because those are the two states that prop up the entire conference. The entire state of Texas, for the most part, props right. up the Big 12. California doesn't. And, and, and that's probably that's probably the difference with the SEC and the Big 10 and the ACC is there's not there isn't just, just one, one source state that props it all up. Yeah. And, and I think and then the, think, when that state is raided by really mm-hmm. good teams, then the best players that usually went to the USC's and the Oregon's. Um, not that they aren't because they, they had a pretty good cycle in 2021, but for a while there, uh, I think only like 30% of the 2020 class, uh, 30% of the top 30 players nationally were from, uh, the PAC 12 footprint. And like only three of them went to a PAC 12 school. Right. And it's like, well, right. do you want to know why they're not making the playoff? Cause all the best players in the PAC 12 footprint are playing at Alabama right now. Yeah. And it's, it's like, that can't it's, happen. It's the athletic equivalent of a brain drain basically. Right. And it is. And and this is we're getting very off topic here, but I think because we're discussing the Pac-12, it's it's relevant. There I think there's three schools that when they enter the recruiting fray, no matter where in the country it is, it's probably over if you aren't one of the three. I'd say it's Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. That once they come into wherever you are and say, We like you, come play for us. I'm not sure anybody else has a chance at that point. Yeah. And I don't really know who else you could even put in that position. You know, Georgia tries to do it, but Georgia's got all the talent he needs in the South. Um, and I think Ohio State and Alabama are the two most national programs uh, in the country. And I think USC uh, could do that in the Pete Carroll days. Like when USC. USC uh, yeah. USC's yeah, USC in Florida. Would go into Florida. Yeah. They would, yeah. yeah. 
frostproof Florida Nikhil Roby. Hey, Nikhil Roby, you want to you want to go play at USC? Yeah, sure, let's go. I mean, yeah. Come on. I mean, honestly, I, I always think to myself, and maybe this is a, a cyclical answer or it changes, but if you were a five star quarterback and you could pick anywhere you wanted to go to school, like how is USC not the answer? Like I know it's, <laughs> it's not it's now pretty, because it's pretty tough to say no to at that I mean, at any point because I know that Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, these big time programs, especially Oklahoma with quarterback development, the most important thing to you is developing yourself into a draft pick, and maybe USC hasn't had the same uh, you know momentum that it did during the liner years in the Carson Palmer years, but going to Southern California. And playing at USC, who I think have the coolest uniforms ever, in by the beach, in that weather, in that state, in a place where stars are born, like what what else would a, a young kid want? And you know, I, I guess sitting on the bench at Alabama for two years or Ohio State for two years, waiting for your turn, is a better option for kids who just want to go get paid. But like in the day when USC was putting out quarterbacks and winning Heisman's and putting them in the league. That was the most prestigious place. And it's like, to me, if I were a five-star anything and USC came and I was in any state anywhere, cold, hot, warm, whatever, (laughs) why would LA, that's where I would want to be. Like, that's where people, you know, where where everybody goes to train for the combine? (laughs) <laughs> uh, everybody leaves their college and goes to florida or Phoenix, california scottsdale <laughs> now yeah 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 I let's guess. not forget scottsdale we're gonna well we're gonna yeah. get to that in a second actually yeah. okay so i had i had oregon number two washington number three are you that that's you you those two? are the same yep number four for me and and i'm this is me sticking with my what i said is the team with the lineman is the team that can win in the pac-12 that the the place other than L.A. that has the best line of scrimmage players nearby is Utah. Metro Salt Lake City is a great place to recruit offensive and defensive linemen. That's high for me. I, the I, problem uh, is they're not getting them. Yeah, I uh, Utah, mm, that's tough. I, I, we're going to scream at each other because I've got Utah a little bit further down the list. My well, who do you four, have at four? Arizona State. That's my number five. Arizona State should be a college football playoff contender. Should be a powerhouse. I yell yell about this every single year, and I don't get it. Like, Arizona State, I lived in Phoenix for the first half of my life, and I covered Ohio State for the second half of my life. Arizona State is Ohio State in the desert. It is a huge campus. It's got 60,000 undergraduate students. Its stadium is built into a freaking mountain. It's close to California. It's got climate. It's got everything. The uniforms it's got are the cool. Chuck box. Come on. Yeah. I mean, they got Spinato's pizza out there. I mean, it's like, what is going on? And like Arizona State under Herm Edwards has done a really good job recruiting Southern California. But they are completely, and I don't say this uh nicely, inept is the word I would use. When it comes to signing Arizona players, and guess what? With all these population booms, you know this as well as anybody, Valley of the Quarterbacks author, there is a ton of talent coming up in, in Arizona. Oh, guess how many players absolutely. Arizona State signed in, the, in last year's class out of Arizona in the top 50? Zero. Boom. <laughs> oh, zero. It might, oh, wow. It's boom, or, or unless it's one, and there was a, well, it, and, it, it and, might and, be and one. Especially, 
the, the thing that, that really stands out that – now and look, Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback. Now, they got him out of Southern California, and you should be yeah. recruiting in Southern California. But the, the, the fact of the matter is Phoenix disproportionately produces quarterbacks. It's not like they produce everything. They, they produce more quarterbacks than almost anywhere. I mean, Orange County, California – Houston, Dallas, that's pretty much it in terms of other places that, that produce a ton, maybe Atlanta, that produce a ton of quarterbacks. Top 40 quarterback, uh, Ty Thompson out of Gilbert, Mesquite, Oregon, 2021 class going to Oregon. Oh, and four and star offensive tackle. Oregon. Yep. And I think that's part of the reason why there was a transfer there. Uh, number two, uh, Tyler Shook, who's also from Phoenix, by the way. Yeah. Brandon Walden. Um, Number 84 overall player in the country, offensive tackle, going to Oregon. Four-star athlete, Denzel Burke out of Scottsdale, Saguaro. Top 200 player, Ohio State. Yep. Oregon he, signed he three Ringo of the, the year top, before goes to Georgia. Yeah. In, in just this year's class, Oregon signed three of the top five players. Arizona State signed the number 15 player, and everybody else in the Pac-12 in, in Iowa State seems to be in there. If you go yeah. look at the 2020 class, Arizona had a ton of talent. Keely Ringo, Georgia. Bijan Robinson, who's going to win the Heisman at Texas one day, I think. Texas. Tosh Baker, top 100 player, Notre Dame. Lathan Ransom, who's going to be a starting safety at Ohio State as a sophomore next year, Ohio State. What's going on? Jack Miller, top 350 player nationally, lost rankings because he uh, hurt his knee and didn't or hurt his shoulder or something in high school, didn't play enough, didn't have enough tape, fell in the rank Ohio State. How are none of these players, none of them, and, I, I, and when I, I'm not, none isn't a euphemism. Like literally, none of them are going. Why? Right. And and how Why? can you not like walk around Arizona State's campus and want and not want to go there? And I get it. Everybody who lives in Arizona is from somewhere else. I get it. They didn't grow up loving university or Arizona State University the way that a kid from Austin might have grown up loving Texas or a kid from Columbus loves Ohio State. But to be a complete non-factor at the same time that you are also doing really well in California is like you are so close to being really, really good. And they are missing the boat. And it's like this week they signed a top 60 or got a commitment from a top 60 player in the 2022 class, which will be the fourth highest rated player to ever sign with Arizona State in the modern history of recruiting. The very same week, Ohio State comes in and gets a top 100 receiver. And it's just like, what? It's just like at the same time out of Arizona. So they go to California and get a top 60 player. Four days later, the best player in Arizona maybe goes to Ohio State. Why? I, I, I know. I think it's a combination of the things. Like you said, they didn't grow up rooting for Arizona State. But part of it is almost a self-defeating attitude, which I think, the Herm staff is, has not taken that. Attitude. I think they're trying. But like the someone staff at Arizona, it was almost like they weren't even trying for some of these guys. Like three of the top you're five two hours players, away. Three of the top five players in the 2022 class in the state of Arizona have already issued commitments. None are to Ohio or to Arizona State. Yeah, it's just, it I happens mean, every year. And maybe they want to go. But the, again, that's Ohio State. Now, what you should not be letting happen is Oregon come in. Like it, Oregon is is great now, but they're not winning national titles at Oregon yeah. right now. Like Ohio State is is putting the problem with with that 
Herm and all of them are going to have to deal with is like Panay Sewell is going to go very high in this draft. A lot of Oregon players are going to be drafted pretty high. They're going to keep pumping them out. And then suddenly they're going to be like Ohio State and Alabama. And you got to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like if the, the window is closing. Yeah. It's like so, it's not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So who'd you have at number five? Uh, this is when, can I just say, I don't know. <laughs> you, you can you can it gets hard it gets hard after like yeah. i had a, i had a very distinct reason for where i put utah arizona state i feel like for the same reasons you have should be a good job because you should be able to get some of those guys and historically they just haven't i defaulted with ucla at five i had ucla sixth behind arizona state yeah so you know utah is a little bit lower on my list than than yours but um ucla Westwood. I mean, I don't know. Their facilities you can get aren't players safe. there, you, but They're, players got to get in, and that's with UCLA and Cal. That's a little bit harder than people understand because you're like, oh, they're state schools, but just, the way those particular state schools operate, you you can't take. You, you're not dealing with as wide of a pool. It's not. It's not like recruiting to Stanford by any stretch, but but it is not as easy as people think. Oh, also, you're in Westwood. You're in Beverly Hills. Everybody. No, it's not that easy. Also. Like the head coach there has kind of a has a leash, you know. I, I think isn't under the same amount of pressure as Clay Helton is under, um, despite being rivals and despite being in the same city. Um, I think that you have time there to potentially build, but proximity to players, cool uniforms, they play in an iconic stadium, even if that stadium's not on campus. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on at UCLA, and if you go back in the last 10, 15 years, UCLA was signing top fifteen classes every year, you know. I mean, oh, some of those like more classes removed. were fantastic. I mean, th- it seems to me that they are probably underachieving right now from a recruiting standpoint. And everybody just says Chip Kelly doesn't care about stars and Chip Kelly is a, is a genius and is going to do what he wants to do to find players who fit the scheme that he wants to run and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it worked. It worked at Oregon. And who am I to say Chip Kelly doesn't know what he's doing? But at a certain point, UCLA is going to have to sign a caliber of athlete um, that it's not signing right now in order to win the Pac-12. And I think that they're more than capable of doing it. It's just a matter of doing it. Resources, facilities, everything, uh, you know, it's all there for them. I mean, and when you start, like, differentiating between Stanford, Colorado, Arizona, Cal, Utah, it's like, which one of those would you just blindly take? I think UCLA would be my pick there. All right, so you still haven't gotten to Utah, so you you would be at number, you'd be at number seven right now. I'm on six. You're on six. Okay, who's your number six? Yeah, Stanford. Um, See, I I put Stanford further down because the pool of recruits is so small. It's the smallest pool of recruits of any school in the FBS. I just I think David Shaw has done an amazing job there. I think that Stanford also gets you into the door with certain types of prospects that Stanford wouldn't usually have a chance. Oh, at. that this is true. This is true, and I probably I probably should have considered that. Okay, I'm going to flip. So I had Stanford at 
number number nine. I'm going to flip them with Colorado and put them up on number eight. Um, you're right about that because, like, if if Stanford comes to one of my kids and offers them a full ride to Stanford, there's no question where the kid's going. Like, they're going yeah. to Stanford. Right, so, you know. Like that, that is, that's true with, with a certain type of recruit, Stanford is the be all Stanford is the Alabama for that type of player. That's what they want. Exactly. And there's a lot of really, it's like, I think that people think that just because you're good at football means you can't be smart. (laughs) I think there's there's a lot of those people now than ever. Yeah. I think that it seems to be more and more of a case of, well, he's picking between Florida State and Stanford, and Stanford is winning some of those sometimes. And it's like, as academics and um, all these types of things start to become increasingly more valuable, not that they haven't been before, but it, it just seems to me that there is some momentum there. And well, Stanford and, and just is, can... Like, Stanford's not even the same league as the other FBS schools. Like, Stanford, in terms of academic reputation is on the same plane as Harvard and Yale. Like that's right. It's like going to Harvard and playing in the power five. Right. So I actually, you know what? I'm going to move them. I'm going to move them just behind <laughs> UCLA and mine. Cause you're right. You, you've taught me into this because it's funny because I've talked to coaches about this and I've written this and I don't know why it didn't dawn on me, but cause I, I, I think, and I talked to Bronco Mendenhall about this a couple of years ago because he, he was saying that's one of the reasons why he went to Virginia because he felt like, there was a shift in priorities in recruits that he had noticed and elite academics had become less of a crutch. Like this is why we can't win and more of a, a way to get guys to, to consider you. And I think, you know, Stanford is above everyone else on that front. I mean, Duke's a great school. Notre Dame's a great school. Vanderbilt's a great school. But if you give an elite student, a choice of all those, they're going, they're going to Stanford. And like Stanford just got a uh, a player from Michigan uh, to prefer walk-on over scholarship offers from Vanderbilt because he wanted to go to Stanford so bad. And it's like that kid might actually turn out well, to be a starter for Stanford one day. And it's like well, only getting Stanford in, could Getting do that. into Stanford, because that means you got into Stanford. It's really hard to get into Stanford. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. That's that. That's the thing. And then, and if that kid plays well, he may be on scholarship at Stanford in a year, right? Which exactly. is, is going to be the which best forty grand his parents ever spent. Yep, I agree with you. Um, well, you agree with me. I'm happy to change your mind. Yeah, um, no, I've I've moved moved up. So uh, I'll, I've got Stanford right below UCLA now, just like you. I had Arizona under that. So what that what number is that for you? For me, that would be, well, now that we've moved Stanford up, that would put Arizona, I believe, at number eight. Okay, so I have Utah at seven, so okay. not so much further below you, and then I have Arizona at eight as well. Um, Arizona isn't very good. Arizona should be better. Yeah, correct. The, you're, Tucson is two hours from Phoenix. It's not, the, the, it's not a huge city, but it's a, a decent-sized city. Uh, you're not that far from LA. You should be able to get players there from 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 Phoenix, from California, and from Texas. There's enough that you should be able to field a competitive roster there. Yeah, I know it's tough to get kids to visit, but I don't know. I've always thought this: like, what would I do? I went to school there. If you guys don't know, that's where I went to school. 
What would it take to get a three-star defensive tackle from Pittsburgh to land in Tucson in November? I, I think that would I think he'd be on board. Like the second he set foot on campus, he'd be on board. They don't recruit the Midwest much. And to me, I feel like a lot of these Southwest schools like Arizona State and Arizona, if they had elite level recruiting guys uh, in terms of uh, analysis and, and breaking down and evaluating, couldn't recruit some of those Michigan State type players to those schools. And it's like last year, Arizona, you want to hear a stat? Okay. Arizona signed zero players in their 2021 class. Kevin Sumlin's last class, or technically last class, he got fired before right. signing day, but zero top 1,000 players in that class. Zero. And an entire Power 5 recruiting class. You That's almost amazing. have to try to be that bad. And I don't even want to get started on Arizona. You know, I mean, they, they can't recruit Arizona. They can't recruit Tucson. I went to Tucson a few years ago um, and wrote a story about B. John Robinson when he was in high school and how the South Point Catholic um, high school that's 2.2 miles away from Arizona Stadium had three top 300 players and two top 100 players. And Kevin Sumlin never went over there, never drove his car over there. And the fun part is Kevin Sumlin's kid played on the team. That's how bad it was. I can't even imagine being that bad at recruiting or not trying. You know, being bad at recruiting and not trying are two separate things. So I don't know that I would have fallen in line with this Jed Fish hire, but we'll see how he does. Things are they've already got three, I think, top one thousand players committed in twenty twenty two, so things are already improved. But Arizona is a great place to go to school. Um, it's beautiful. The weather for the most part, when you're in college, like in the sessions is not blazing because it's always hottest in the summer. Um, I studied for exams by the pool. My college experience was amazing. And the fans love, I mean, the, the stadium gets loud. It gets rowdy. Like it shouldn't be the laughing stock of the PAC 12. I'm not saying it should go win a national championship, but like something's really off there. And I don't know if it's the administration continually making the wrong hire or if the support isn't there, or if they're hiring coaches, like I said, on the downturn and not the up uptick, but they have no relationships or, or, or quality relationships to sign Arizona players, so they haven't done it. They don't recruit players in cold cities, and they're relying on the ninth-tiered players in California and Texas, and that's just not going to get it done. Uh, Ari, I don't think you're going to be... Solicited for any uh, alumni donations anytime soon. They so. always solicit me, and uh, <laughs> I, I will. I think you should give them that speech when they, when they call and they say, uh, "Mr. Wasserman, would you like to give some money to the University of Arizona? Bear down, buddy." I yeah. want you to give them that speech. Yeah, I want to donate money so Kevin Sumlin can drive a Porsche, but never to the high school where the kids go to school. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Colorado <laughs> is next on my list. Who's next on your list? Uh, Cal is next on my list. Okay. Um, I had Cal behind Colorado. Yeah, and, and Colorado is directly after them. Um, Colorado to me is interesting because it's just like, I'd like to hear your pitch. I've, I've, I love Colorado, like scenically. It's a beautiful place. I know Boulder is probably like apparently one of the most beautiful campuses in the, in, in the country, but like what's the plan there? 
the plan there is just you can I would try to recruit maybe not nationally, but California, Texas, Arizona, you're close enough to all of that to feel cl- close, to feel like you're an easy flight away. And where do you once drive you get to? There, you're there. Denver. You can drive from LA to Tucson. Oh, I know. Where where can you drive to Boulder? You can drive to Boulder from Oklahoma City. You can drive to I'm gonna, drive to Boulder from Lubbock from Amarillo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great drive, by the way. I, I highly recommend it. Uh it's just but to I me. Also, it's just I not, also think you could you can go east and and there would be people wanting to come to you. And like Denver's actually had some pretty good talent. Like the Aurora area always seems to have have talent. But I'm like looking at at Denver on the map here, and it's like you are really the the surrounding states. And I know they kind they border with Oklahoma, the the skinny part, um, and they <laughs> the border panhandle. with Arizona, the Panhandle. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, but there's no drivable city with talent. It's like Albuquerque is completely non-existent of high school football talent. They're bordering Utah, Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. And we're heavily discounting Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah, as a talent. <laughs> I don't hotbed. know. I, I, by the way, I've never been to Wyoming or Montana, and that's going to change this year. Uh, Ooh, but nice. I also don't know if there's a single high school football player in either of those states that is recruitable. I, I think you can get people to come there. I think it, you now you got to make it cool. Bill McCartney made it pretty cool, which is weird because that's not the Ralph. guy you'd say. Not Ralphie. <laughs> Ralphie. But that, that, Bill McCartney's <laughs> not the guy you'd think of when you think, oh, I've made, made a program cool. But it was cool to go to Colorado back then. So I think you can do it. I just, uh, you've got you to establish an identity. But that's a, that's a place people will want to come. Now, do they want to come there because of the weed? I don't know. But... I think yeah. it's a place they want to come. Because I, I have Cal ahead of them because Cal is a a very highly thought of academic Cal's institution. Academically elite, but the thing it's is... It's in California. Do they care? They do not care. They do not care about football. Now, Justin Wilcox cares deeply about football. Yeah. But the surrounding community does not care about football. And yeah. that that is an issue. You know, and, and le- yes... If you are academically elite and you want to go to Cal, by all means. But the thing is, you can all that that player can probably also go to UCLA and might be able to go to Stanford too. So they have options. They probably and, and, and they're also probably being recruited by Michigan, by Northwestern, by Virginia. So I mean, they have options there. And I don't know that Cal's the first option. It's not like Stanford, where if Stanford walks in and offers you, you're like, "Yep, I'm in." No, I know, I know. But when, like the way, but when I was doing the list, I was trying to think to myself, okay, what's the plan? That's about the first question that I always ask, and I can identify a plan for Cal. I don't know what Colorado's plan is. Like, if the plan is make it cool and hope people come, like that, I should lower them on my list. It's actually so happened before. They've done it. I know, but Cal's gotten players. Cal had their best recruiting class in like five years in the past year. Like, I, I, it's possible. Well, like Cal and, and, too. And Cal and Cal had Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch, and I mean, there've yeah. been some really good players there. So that's it's. It just seems like it's a hard. Like, I think Justin Wilcox is a really good coach, and I feel like he's done yeah, a good he job is. there. I think Tedford Tedford for a period did a great job there, 
but it's not a place that, that you can win consistently because I don't think the administration is going to be behind you. I don't think you're going to get the kind of support you get at all these other schools that we've mentioned. I think that's a fair point. All right. We're boring already to death, which means it's time no, no, to get no. to the, the bottom two. Sit up till four in the morning last night playing Madden. Uh, that was a mistake. boy. Oh, the ultimate <laughs> ultimate team or uh, 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 online only yelling at people through the microphone. And uh, my girlfriend had a uh, girl's night. You're yelling. So at, I, you're yelling at 11 year olds. Yes. My, my son well, not was probably 11. one of the people you were yelling at. The people on Madden are super angry. And that's like a case study for another day. But people say the most hurtful things on there. And it's just like, bro, we're playing a video game, but I don't get to play it very often. But when I do, like, it's like, like Vince Vaughn in the breakup. Sometimes I just play the game and like six hours go by and I don't even know it. Um, well, so, so we have what, gonna, 11 and 12? We're going to say some horror. Well, I, I there are horrible things. It's just these are hard jobs. Washington State, Oregon State. Pullman is hard to get to. Cool place once you get there. Hard to get to. I didn't realize how far away Pullman was until recently. Uh, from Seattle, like isn't it like five hours east? I have dr- I have driven it. It is it is five hours. Yes, it's a beautiful drive, but it's five hours. It's like basically Montana, right? Basically Idaho. You are you're or actually Idaho. eight miles. Sorry, you're eight miles from Moscow, Idaho. You can go to the Kibbe Dome if you want to see the Kibbe Dome. If you, what's if the skinny part of Idaho called? Is that also a panhandle? I don't know. Because if you flip I mean, Idaho, if you pick, it could be. If you I guess pick it up that way. I guess. <laughs> It, Idaho it, looks like better. a If you're Tomahawk watching this on YouTube, steak. it's a lot better than, than if you're just listening. But yes, Idaho does yeah. look like a tomahawk steak. You're right about that. Um, uh, but I didn't realize that. I forgot that Idaho goes up past. Uh, but yeah, it's basically up in Idaho, Montana, Yellowstone range. And big sky country, yeah. I feel like that is, what's the three most geographically uh, unfortunate college football programs in the Power Five? Washington State, Syracuse. And maybe Oregon State. See, but Oregon State isn't uh, because Oregon is farther from what you'd call civilization than Oregon State is. You actually passed the turn to Corvallis on I-5 on your way to Eugene. No, I know. But just because Oregon found a way to transcend the issue doesn't make their circumstance better. Like Oregon's, <laughs> this is Oregon's geography is very unfortunate. They just you were did, lucky enough to figure out know a way to, a, to transcend. You know who's it. a hell of a coach, Ari? You know who's a hell Who? of a coach? Who? Jonathan Smith. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is doing a really good job at Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody uh, in terms of unfortunate geography, but man, like I like Washington State. I mean, Mike Leach is a hell of a coach and maybe his plan was better off in the Pac-12 than it is in the SEC, as we found out last year. But that team was in the top 10 of the playoff rankings multiple times in the last five years. Yeah. And no, like, look at it on the map. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, and, and the thing is, multiple people have won at Washington State. Mike Price won the league there. Anybody who wins the league at Washington State deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. Like well, that's got the Alabama fin- job. I just never got <laughs> to coach a game there. Is that better? Um, not not the circumstances that saw him leave the job, but. <laughs> So yeah, I got I got Washington State eleven, Oregon State twelve. I only have Same. Washington State at eleven because somebody's won there before. But yeah, you know, Oregon State. I, I just I think Jonathan Smith is doing really well there. I know it's his alma mater. I don't know that there, that you can long term expect any reasonable success. But I mean, they beat Oregon this year. 
they've they, they they've got a puncher's chance in every game now, which is saying something. Yeah, and they beat Oregon last year, so I mean that happened. Um, I just like f- feel bad because great coaches and great recruiting coordinators, despite the fact that they are really good at their job, have a hard time showcasing that ability because certain circumstances like really, really bad geography are just, unless but you I have, think, I, I, I don't even know what to recognize what that. One. I think smart, smart people recognize that. Like if you see, like if there's a sudden uptick in recruiting at Syracuse, you're going to go, why is that? Who is that because of, and how do I hire that person? Yeah, no, it's true. I, I just like, I like to think every single time we talk about a job, I like to think, of myself wearing that team's polo, walking into and and trying to think to myself, what would I demand first? And it's like, I don't even know what step one is in Oregon State. Uh, the turnover chainsaw, getting to use it. That's that's step one. You know, you know what would be a good uh, podcast? Maybe after we talk about basketball for uh, uh, an hour next week is ranking the last place teams and all of the conferences from best to worst. (laughs) Kansas may have a new coach by then. So we may have an an entirely different opinion. Would you rather coach at Kansas or Oregon state? Wow. That is a great question. That is a fan. Okay. I like this. We will put a pin in this as they say, Ari, because next week is selection Sunday. We're going to give you the dumbasses guide to the NCAA tournament. And then we'll get back to to the bread and butter, the football talk, with ranking the last place job in each conference. One, two. Uh, we, we could probably go one through ten. We could probably do the whole FBS if we wanted to. And yeah. uh, would would the would any group of five job be above a power five job in that case? That's a yeah. good question. That's a that's that's my my question. Uh my question contribution to the show. So now is, we've got you salivating for the next two weeks. Yeah. And then Ari. maybe next week you can get some food back in this because we just talked for an hour and 15 minutes. We even talk about roller food. Well, we had to do two conferences. Like it was, it yeah. was very <laughs> difficult. So yeah, two right, conferences. We, we will, we will do that next week. Dumbass's guide to the NCAA tournament with when Ari comes back, I will talk to you on Wednesday. Wednesday.